welcome to the Marriage Steps podcast for developing a long-lasting, happy relationship is the status symbol to achieve. And following my six marriage steps is a path to help get you there. Six steps are establishing a covenant foundation, owning your brokenness, learning to share power, developing emotional attachment, cultivating sexual fireworks, and staying in love. I'm Dr. Wyatt Fisher, a licensed psychologist specializing in marriage counseling. If you believe in this podcast, we'd like to help keep it on the air so couples worldwide can receive hope for their marriage, please consider becoming a monthly supporter by going to patreon.com forward slash marriage steps. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash marriage steps. Today, I have a special interview I'm going to share. This is a couple from England. And this couple has been listening to the Marriage Steps podcast, and they contacted me on Facebook to share with me what their experience has been like. And so I asked them if I could do an interview with them and share it on the podcast, and they said yes. So we recently did the interview, and so I hope you enjoy what they have to say. England, um, in the Midlands, uh, in what they call the Midlands, which is sort of uh, about an hour, well, two hours north of London. Um, so, uh, yeah, the east side of the country. Um, New marriage. We've both been married before, um, and didn't want to make the same mistakes um, that has sort of blighted our past. So, uh, and those mistakes were starting to sneak back into our relationship, and we, uh, and it was affecting us. So, um, hence why we we sort of started looking for help and found your podcast. Okay. Yeah. So, if you wouldn't mind sharing again, whatever you're comfortable sharing, what were some of those mistakes in the previous relationships that you were starting to repeat in this one? Um, so, for me, it was um, very much getting to a point of um, I'm not very decisive at times. My job requires me to be decisive, so I don't tend to be at home. Um, so, I was being quite passive. Um, but equally, in the past, if things were going wrong, I would just sort of shut down and run away. So that was for me where I was getting to. Yeah, it's easy to do that. Just kind of shut down and withdraw. Yeah. Um, for me, we've got a few notes here. When we were actually went through the podcast, we were making notes and I brought the sheet with me today. So it was the first time I've actually looked at it in nearly three months. So it's very interesting going back to where we were. Um, for me, I am um, a very emotional person um and i need a lot of emotional um contact um with my partner and if that um emotional um is withdrawn from me i get um a massive rejection uh and if i get uh, rejected i tend to sort of um stonewall get very quiet get very grumpy very moody um and that would build up and build up um and then all of a sudden i would just blow bang um, and Alison used to call it naught from a naught to a thousand. Um, so I was quiet, grumpy, and then I would just explode, have a huge big row with Alison. Uh, it was all very one-sided, but then that was for me was very cathartic, um, and I felt great afterwards. And for me, it was dealt with. Um, for Alison, that was the the start of the downward spiral, the vicious cycles that you talk about. Um, so that's where we were getting to. Um, and um, the more I was exploding, the more Alison withdrew into herself. So the vicious cycle kept going round and round and round. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's where we we're at. So on your side, David, so it sounds like when you're not feeling connected emotionally, 
then you start, it starts to build up hurt and then probably frustration and then you eventually blow. Yes. And Allison, on your side, when he would blow, what would happen on your side? Uh, I could treat you further back. Yeah, complete withdrawal. Um, it's uh, a, a link to my past with my parents. So I would just sort of shut down mm-hmm. and any easy life. So kind of an old coping mechanism of shutting down and you would pull that tool out because that's all you know. Yeah. Right, yeah. So when you guys started looking for help um, for your relationship, because it sounds like you felt like you were stuck, um, where are the places you started to look? Um, well, it was myself who was looking for help, really. Um, and I didn't know where to look for help. Um, we were having problems back earlier in the year. Um, we had a bit of a blow up and we had our first real sort of problems back in about March uh, last year. And um, we, we got over it. Um, we kind of, um, what, we, what we'd say over here, sort of paint over the cracks or paper over the cracks, really, sort of got on with it and didn't really sort out what the problem was, but we were, we were good for a few months. Um, you went to a personal counsellor, didn't you? Yeah. yeah. Um, Alice went to a counsellor. Um, I was um, going to go to him, but through work commitments, I was working away and was able, unable to do it. Um, so that worked for Alison for a while and everything was good. Um, and then when we sort of started slipping again, um, it was like, oh my God, right, what do I do? I really don't know where to go. And at the time I was listening to a podcast. Um, um, it was like a, like a personal help podcast from a, um, an entrepreneur based locally. Um, and it was great and he was very good. It was how to deal with people and how to treat people. And I was learning a lot from that, but it was nothing relationship-wise based. So I thought, okay, well, I'll, I'll have a look on, on Spotify to see if there's anything more um, designed for marriage counselling. Uh, so that's what I did. And there were a few on there. Um, and yours was the first I hit. And um, I listened to the, the first one I hit was the, on your podcast was the Six Steps. Um, and it was, it was just like a bomb going off of, of, oh my God, I don't believe this. This is exactly what I'm looking for. Everything this guy is saying makes complete sense. I can't believe that I've been so stupid and haven't been doing these things right from the start. It was just like so obvious. Um, but sometimes people need to point out the obvious because um, you can't always see it. Wow. So yeah, that's what it, yeah, that's what it was. So, um, so I started listening to this. I was working away at the time, about four hours away, actually in the capital, uh, capital of Wales down in Cardiff. Um, which is about four or five hours away from home. So I was working away sort of four nights, five nights a week. So I was listening to these and really sort of getting it and understanding it. Um, and I sent a podcast link to Alison to ask her to listen to them. And it was met with, met with a bit of apprehension, shall we say? Yeah. Yeah. Just a bit. Yeah, like, yeah, whatever. Um, thanks, but no thanks. Yeah, yeah. pretty much. Um, but then I came home and I hope she saw maybe a little bit of difference in me um, because I'd been listening to these. So Alison wasn't going to sort of participate in the journey, but I certainly wanted to um, and could see the benefit of it. So I started sort of trying to implement the steps that you put in. So I'm hoping she sort of saw this was actually there is a bit of a change in him. Um, I was fairly persistent that to get Alison to sit down and listen to the podcast with me. 
So that's exactly what we did. Uh, we sat down on a Sunday um, afternoon on the sofa and we pulled up the Six Steps podcast and we listened to that together. No real comments, we just listened to it together. Um, we had a quick discussion um, and then we decided to go through the podcast for one, you know, um, specifically for each step. So we started off one and worked our way through up to six over the period of probably a week or so. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, about a week. So started off with the you know covenant versus um, contract and basically just worked uh, worked our way through, trying to work out um, where the problem was, um, where the brokenness was in us, um, and where the problems were starting. Um, and it was step one uh, was a big problem right from the start. Um, and yeah, we just worked through it and Alison bought more and more into it um, through the process. Um, yeah, and that's sort okay. of how we, how we got in. So a yeah. couple of questions. Um, Alison, for you, what was your initial resistance about as far as, yeah, thanks, but no thanks, not really interested in this podcast thing? What was going on for you? I think it was more a case of because my natural, um, my natural reaction is to just withdraw. Uh, and I'd already got to that point and started to sort of build walls up. That was a case of, nah, don't see it. I nah, don't see it. Um, but I started to see some changes in David. And we then got to a point of, we'd listen to them separately and have time to think about it and then listen together and actually have a conversation about it. But yeah, I'll admit the first couple, I was a bit like, no. Nope. With, yeah. I'll go through it, but it's not going to make a difference. It's not going to make a difference. Yeah, okay. Um, so your, your walls were pretty thick in the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. Alison had mentioned before that she wanted to bring the walls down. Um, she was well and truly entrenched behind these high walls, um, but she wasn't able to come behind them. She wanted to, but she was saying, how's it going to be different? Um, what what's going to change i can come be out behind the wall but in a few months time something will happen again and i'll come running behind the wall so how's it going to be different this time what are you going to do and i didn't know all i knew was it had to change um and i'm fairly bloody minded so when i say something is going to change it will change but i didn't know how it was going to change and i was i was looking for those tools um hence why i think i went looking for the podcast um, and then I think it was a slow sort of discovery as Alison was listening to the podcast with me and all of a sudden we were gaining the tools and being given the information to make that difference, which we didn't have before. Mm -hmm. Is that fair? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So as you were listening to these, the six marriage steps that I talk about, which, which one was like the most impactful or stood out to you the most or created the most transformation in your relationship for you guys? Oh, good question. Um, I think all of them individually, mm -hmm. but I think the number one for me personally would be the love bucket. Yeah. The love bucket. Definitely. Mm. Yeah. yeah. I have to say I got quite belligerent because I'm fairly belligerent at times. Um, <laughs> and sort of didn't see, I see saw why they were in a certain order but it didn't make sense to me. So for us, we yeah. jumped to the love bucket and then worked backwards. I didn't want, I was fairly persistent. Yeah. The they man says like, one to six, we do one to six, but it was causing a bit of an argument. So we did sort of mix it up a little bit. Um, yeah, just for, um, just for a bit of peace. Um, 
yeah, so we kind of brought six. It was a bit earlier than um, than what than what you would have said, but it no, it did work for us absolutely. Yeah. So what about session six, which is all about you know, staying in love, the love buckets? What about that was most impactful for you guys? It it sort of gave us a visual. Mm. So um, I'm I have to see things. David can see things in his mind eye. I can't very easily, but actually it was very easy to see the analogy of the bucket, filling it up and then every drainer putting a big hole in the bottom um, or even cutting the bottom off the bucket at times. Yeah. And it, the way of, it, it was a very simple visual that you could use. Mm. And I think that's why it worked mm. for me. Yeah. 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 Well, we did. never love, but we were finding it hard to, to communicate that and to show that. Mm. Um, and it was it was devastating me to know that Alison wasn't happy or wasn't feeling that love. Um, and I was trying my damnedest to to fix that. I'm a fix. I'm a typical bloke, um, and I need to fix things. And I'll do my hardest to fix. But actually, that was pr absolutely the wrong thing to do. Um, I just needed to give her what she wanted. Um, being completely selfish, I want 100% out of what I want out of my life and my marriage. Um, and to get that, I have to give Alison 100% of what she needs. And it was just, just the, the most obvious thing to do to, to get what you want is just to be the most giving, most loving person you can possibly be. Um, and it, it was just so easy. Um, when I listened to that one about the flooding, that was the big thing. Was the, the word that always sticks in my mind when you talk about just flood the person. So it was if one partner wouldn't do it, just the other person, just flood the other person, and then hopefully the other partner would then return. Mm -hmm. um, but we both decided on one Sunday, we were um, just after Christmas, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, we're going to give this a go, and we're just going to flood. And, and that's what we did. And the transformation within, I would say, hours. Mm, yeah? Maybe days, but yeah. All right. It was hours for me. Um, <laughs> Was yeah, it was it was phenomenal. It really made a huge, huge difference. Um, and then we gave our seats. We we gave because it was a Sunday. Um, we gave you talked about um, scoring your your love bucket. Um, so we did that every Sunday, and we were given from being very low scores. Well, we didn't what would have been very low scores to the the first after a week we were like sort of sixes and sevens and eights. Mm. Um, and every Sunday since, we still do it. Well, I think Alison gets a little bit annoyed now. She's like, yeah, it's 10, all right. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, I was a bit grumpy the other week, wasn't I? I think I got a couple of points mocked off again, a bit grumpy. Um, but yeah, um, that, was, that was the big one for me. And that was the most effective um, was, was the love bucket. So with the love bucket, you know, some people struggle when their buckets are low and there's the spirit of scarcity in their marriage. They can struggle sometimes having the energy or the motivation to still fill up their partner's bucket. But it sounds like you guys both were able to do that. Despite your bucket being low, you're able to flood one another with what yes. they needed. What, where did you find that motivation to flood one another's love bucket, even though yours may have still been low? I don't know. It wasn't, I think because we were both trying to flood at exactly the same time, mm. it wasn't one trying to flood when the other, when the other one wasn't. Mm -hmm. It's almost like a competition. <laughs> yes. 
both quite competitive. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so we didn't be the want to be the one that was not doing it. Actually, so listening back on one of the podcasts, I think that was talking about that was like you know trying to outdo each other. Yeah. I'm going to give more than you. No, I'm going to give more than you. And that's how it got, you know, it, and it was just like the wow. stepping stone. Yeah. And, it, and I think I mentioned to you on, on when I wrote to you was, it was like a love bomb had gone off. It was, you know, it was just ridiculous. It was dripping off the walls and the ceilings. It was just crazy. From where we were in such a short period to only a few weeks before, Alison was, um, well, was unable to say to me, I love you, to you know, a matter of days or weeks later was I was just being absolutely flooded with all the emotion, all the contact, all the love, everything I've ever desired in my life was there. Wow. Um, and, and an unbelievable amount. And it was just, yeah, it was just completely quite overwhelming. Really. Mm. Mm. So normally it takes a good six to eight weeks for couples to learn how to fill up one another's love bucket and for that to become their new normal. How yeah. long did it take for you guys to change those patterns and then stick with those patterns so it became your new normal of how to interact? I'll take it to days. Yeah. For it, me. It was days, but it's become such a routine. And I think it dropped into a routine within a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Because equally, I've already mentioned, we're slightly competitive. Um, none of it, neither of us wanted to drop our schools. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. the numbers were very motivating, it sounds like, for you guys. Yeah. So- years yeah yeah um but in that was also was desperation was i've been married before uh, and my partner was unfaithful uh, and that's why the marriage broke down um alison had been married twice before so i'm husband number three um and i was desperate that this relationship was not going to end and i was determined to do anything and everything that was going to make sure that did not happen and if you give me a, even a sniff or a whiff of something that's going to work, then I'm going to pursue that. Um, and right from the start, it was working. So there was never any intention of ever not letting it fail. Yeah. So podcasts, I'm sure you know, is a new medium. You know, it's, the podcasts are really starting to grow and become more popular. I'm just curious from your experience, because all the teaching was auditory, right? So you didn't have anyone in front of you. You weren't no. reading anything. You are just listening. Uh, what was that experience like just receiving information just by listening through the podcast and then being able to implement it? For me, for me, it was quite easy. And, and the reason for that being that I listen to quite a few podcasts anyway. So I have podcasts that I enjoy just for fun, but I also have podcasts relating to my job um, and my profession. So I use them quite a lot in the car um, and traveling to and from work. So for me, it was actually quite easy as a way of taking in yeah. thinking and actually I do better if somebody's not looking at me um so if it had been somebody in front of me I probably wouldn't have been as Close open to it because I'd be worried about what my expression was doing and uh, did it look like I was paying attention whereas a, a podcast you can listen to it completely easily as as you wish and you can listen to it over and over whereas if you're if it's a one-on-one with a counsellor or something like that you only get to hear it the once. Sure. It's that ability to replay and to go, can I hear that right? Uh-huh. Rewind it. Or slightly zoned out there, need to need to rewind. Sure. So yeah, for me, it was, was a good way of doing it. That makes sense. 
So with the, the bucket list, to go back to that for a second, some partners can struggle with filling a certain item because then that creates issues for them. And so they can get at an impasse with some of the areas where they're trying to fill. Um, did you guys experience any impasses or any struggles or was it no problem now I know what you need? So our, love, our love bucket fillers and empties are very, very similar. Um, you've got the notes there, love. Yeah, they, they were very similar. So I think it was quite easy for us that we didn't find that one had a filler that the other one went, no, no not going to happen. Okay. Um, so it, it tended to, to yeah. work. It worked, yeah. Yeah, so yeah. you guys had some overlap with what the fillers were that you both... Uh, yeah, very much so. Yeah. On a lot of the six steps, there's a lot of overlap. Sure. So for other couples listening, since this is going to be, um, you know, broadcasted on the podcast with other couples listening what would you recommend to them so couples who are in a low spot they're not sure if they're going to make it you know they're second guessing their decision about who they married um, what would you, what would be some words of wisdom you'd pass on to those couples wow um for me it would be just taking a step back and almost trying to look at it as an as an outsider can be very easy to get caught up in your own emotions mm -hmm. um and for me something like your podcast although i was completely against it at the start um sorry about that yeah. um no, but no, it was uh, it. just listening to it on your own first of all and really understanding the theory behind it and maybe listening to it a couple of times because if like me you weren't really up for this it doesn't sink in the first time because you have your own inner, inner chatter. Yeah, your own inner voice. Mm. Yeah. Um, for me, it would be just don't give up. Um, just don't give up. As soon as you give up, then you, 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 you've lost. Um, fight for what you want. Um, and Alison has always been the most important thing in my life. Um, and I would do absolutely anything to keep her in my life, but I didn't. I was doing what I thought was right, but I wasn't necessarily doing what was right for Alison. So it's talking to Alison, talking to, for me, talk to Alison, but it's talking to your partner, finding out what's important for them in their life and what they want, and then you have to give that to them. It's, it's okay giving what, you're, what you want in life, that's not necessarily what they want to receive. So if you're the right person for them, it's giving them what they need in their life and making sure that they're happy. And then when they are happy, then they can return that and give that to you. Um, so it is, it's being completely selfish by just, I want what I want, so therefore I have to give what she wants. And we're very, very fortunate that it's exactly the same. What she wants is what I want in life. Um, and it, it's worked for us. So, yeah, that would be my words, is don't give up and just give the person everything, just flood them with love and everything that fills their life with happiness. Awesome. All right, well, thank you guys so much for this experience, for being able to sit down for the interview, because this is gonna inspire so many couples that are gonna to listen to your story as you're paying it forward. Um, so one thing I'd like to end with, if you guys would like to, is a We're In Love Scream. So if you would like, so how that works is I just, I announce it and then you will count down three, two, one, and then you shout to the top of your lungs, we're in love. And then yep. we're done. Okay. We think the next door neighbors might think we're a bit weird here. <laughs> we'll go for it. Might scare the dog as well, but that's fine. <laughs> 
Okay, so here's David and Allison. They've been married around two and a half years. They've gone through a huge transformation in their relationship, and they're going to give us a we're in love scream. Okay. Yeah. Ready? Three, Three, two, two, one. We're in love. All right. All right. Great job, guys. I'm just really impressed and inspired that you both took so much ownership with what you could do. You started listening to the podcast. You started implementing what you heard. And now you're experiencing the results of your effort. So it's just really great. Sorry. I said to you before, you've never met us until today, but you became the most, well, one of the most important people in our lives. And thank you so much. Thank you for listening to the Marriage Steps podcast. If you enjoyed the episode, please click the five stars and leave a review. I really appreciate all the reviews that come in. For more marriage resources, go to my website, drwyattfisher.com. That's D-R-W-Y-A-T-T-F-I-S-H-E-R.com. And be sure to follow me at facebook.com forward slash Dr. Wyatt Fisher or on Instagram at Dr. Wyatt Fisher. Also, if this podcast has made a positive impact on your relationship or if you have suggestions on topics I should cover, I'd love to hear from you at info at drwyattfisher.com. And remember, your marriage is alive. If you care for it, it will thrive. And if you don't, it will die. The choice is up to you. Take care.